Hello, hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Gal. I am that gal, Elizabeth. Welcome back. I don't know what episode number this is because I am recording it early. I played Twilight Imperium 4th edition for the first time last night and I wanted to share my experience with you guys. So obviously normally I would have told you the episode number and I would have introduced my guest. I am here solo because it went so well in episode 0 I thought I'd do it again. But in all seriousness I don't know anybody who's in the same situation I was in Saturday And I really wanted to share my exact views with you guys and how I felt with you guys. I live tweeted it. I took a poll about two months ago on Instagram and I asked who would be interested in following my live tweet if I tweeted about Twilight Imperium. And I ended up getting like 80% of the people who voted said they would and that was about 30 people. I ended up having about 40 people following me and... Nobody was really active, but I did get a couple Instagram messages like, oh my gosh, this is making me laugh. One of my Instagram followers messaged me. Um, he's not an English speaker, but he does speak English and talks to me. And he said, I, I love following you, you crazy girl. Um, and that is a compliment from him because that's just his way of joking. And it's very it's a very loving term from him. He's a really cool guy. I guess I had a few other people say stuff like, hey, how's it going? And I said, like, hey, why are you following me? You got to go look to find out. And I had a few people who don't have Twitters just following it, clicking on it every once in a while, um, which was really cool to find out because I don't know that I would have. I'm going to take the tweets and I'm going to post them onto the blog with a hey this is how the experience was for anybody who doesn't want to go back to twitter and look at it so you can see them in order i think i probably posted like 60 or 70 tweets we played for seven and a half hours so i guess i'll start from the beginning about maybe three days before steven posted a video saying hey if you have not played twilight imperium or if you have not played fourth edition twilight imperium please watch this video Y'all, this video was 32 minutes long. I don't even want to listen to rules for two minutes, let alone 30 minutes. Let alone 32 minutes. It's a whole extra two minutes. Do you know what I could do with two minutes? Not much, but maybe make a cup of tea. So I started this video. I got roughly nine minutes in and was not entertaining. I felt like I learned nothing. I posted on the comment thread Steven, I'm nine minutes into this and it already sucks. And he said, well, just imagine being nine hours into this. So I went back and I watched the entire video. Then on Saturday, I watched the entire video again. So that I would feel like I had an understanding. I did not feel like I had an understanding. So when we started and he said, do I need to go over the rules? I was the only person who had watched the video. And I said, yeah, I still don't understand what is going on in this game how do i even get victory points like nothing makes sense so he goes back over the rules and i am left just as confused i have two aliens in front of me i have to pick between so i hand them off to chad and i say can you just pick one of these for me so he does all the research looks everything up and i have my first race 
is a war race basically and my other race can collect action cards and do a stall tactic so they can say like oh I'm stalling this round oh I'm stalling this round and just discard action cards so that then they can do everything they need to at the end of their round. I ended up going with the stalling race for a few reasons. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to go really war heavy in my first game of this because I didn't know how it worked and I didn't want to commit to something I didn't know I could succeed at. The other reason I chose the stalling race is because it was green and green is my favorite color and I was like well I'm gonna go with this one so that I'm playing green because I always try to play green. So I said yes to the Yisrael tribes and they are green aliens that look like they're ready for combat except for their very sexy green alien men. So I always like combat stuff because nobody ever has enough clothes and is ever ready for combat. So I pick my thing. We're going over the rules. So as we know, I've already watched a 32-minute video and then I needed Steven to re-explain the rules. Re-explaining the rules lasted about 40 minutes. I know because I was tweeting during this, starting with the last of the group has finally arrived, let's do that, and ending with, okay, I think we're starting for real this time. Oh, wait, sorry guys. My last tweet was, I hope this game is more fun than the rules. Spoiler alert, it was, and I will get to that. So first thing I say to everybody is, guys, I plan on winning this in about an hour and a half. Well, I did not realize each person's turn was going to feel like an hour and a half the first half of this game. So each round starts with picking a thing that lets you have a power that round. These are the official terms, by the way. They're not just because I can't remember it. It is called a thing. Okay, guys, I know it's not called a thing. Don't tweet angry messages at me. I'm just joking. So you pick one of these things, and I can't remember the name of them because there was a lot of stuff to have to remember the name of in this game, and I don't remember the name of any of it. So you get one, and you have you can pick from eight, and every round it's something different, and then you go in turn order based on the numbers that have been picked one through eight. So that was pretty cool. It's important to know that on these, if one doesn't get picked for a round, a trade good gets added to it. Now, this is important to know for my game later on. My team, or not team, my group, used sticky notes because it was a little bit easier than sticking trade goods. And we just know that a sticky note means you get a trade good, which actually came in really awesome, handy, greatness for me later on then after you get your cards you go into an order and each round you do an action that can be move that can be go into a new galaxy that can be play an action card there's a number of things that can be you do that then so if you're one then two does theirs then three does theirs and so on until everybody has used all the actions they possibly can or want to during that round at the end of the round you claim any VP you earned. Now, this was where my problem with the game was. The only way to get VP is from either secret objectives, which you can only get two during the game, 
And that is very important because that came to bite me in the ass later on, but you can only get two during the game. Or objectives that are already out that everybody can see. Now you can only claim one of those per round, which I didn't know till later on in the game, but it didn't matter because I didn't try to ever claim more than one in a round. Now, as you're exploring the universe, you're claiming planets. And each planet has a resource value and a political value. Now, I could never remember which was which. And then I, my friend Steven said, Elizabeth, the resource value is yellow. The political value is blue. And I said, oh, yeah, because money is yellow, like coins. And there are blue political parties. So that's how I'll remember it. And that is how I remembered it for the rest of the game. It worked out pretty well. I was driving poor Steven nuts because I couldn't remember what anything was called because there were a lot of little pieces in this game, like a butt ton. So we're all exploring, trying to get to the VP, trying to get our secret objectives. Finally, somebody scores some points. I do not. But my secret objective is defeat somebody who is higher, who's the highest on the leaderboard. So we had three people tied for first place on the leaderboard. So I challenged Steven and I can't remember why, but it wasn't going to work. So I look at Tyler because he's sitting on the other side of me and I said, Tyler, I challenge you. Now Tyler had just given me a trade commodity in the last round and then I challenged him. So he was not excited about it. But I didn't really care about beating him. I just needed to win one of our rounds so that I could get a VP. The way fighting works is a little more complicated than anything else. You have a mat and all of those things can be upgraded on that mat. I didn't upgrade anything the whole game, but you're supposed to. So I had my mat, you roll a dice, you have to roll over your combat. If you roll over your combat, they take a hit, then they roll their dice. If they roll over their combat, you take a hit. You obviously do it from like, you get to pick which ones go. And you can play cards that'll trumpet like minus two hits my or plus four hits or whatever the case may be. I end up taking out a few of his ships. I think he took out one of my fighters, which is your tiny little baby ships that look like little bugs. To be honest, they all look like little bugs, but it's the tiniest ones. All of his air people are gone and all he has is a flag on his land yet and a PDS on his land. I did not bring a flag into it so I can't fight on land which was fine. I didn't need control of his planet. I only needed to beat him in one round of combat. I beat him. I claim my VP. I say I wanted to get this out of the way early so that there was a million ships I was trying to challenge which I think was a good idea, and I still support that idea. So I claim my little 1VP. Now during all this, while I have been focusing on what the fuck am I supposed to do, Scott has been just building up this crazy mega army to get to the center planet. Bechtel, I think is what it's called. Hold on, let me call Chad and find out. Oh my god, guys, I said Bechtel because... I'm an idiot, like the Bechtel test, but it is Mechtel Rex, which I kept forgetting the name of, and I kept calling it Rectum. So Scott is building this really big army to get there, and everybody's trying to get to Mechtel Rex, and I'm just over here like, doo -doo -doo, let me complete this new objective I got. Doo -doo -doo, let me build some new 
technology not even paying attention to Mechdolrex. So when I finally start kind of paying attention to it, it's been taken over by Tyler. We start the political round of the game, which is the second half, which the first half of the game took about two and a half, maybe three hours. And it was very, very slow. The first half of the game was a little hard. It was a little confusing. And I think it's one that I will enjoy the second time I play. But I will never enjoy the first half the same way I do the second half of this game. It almost feels like two different games. Like there's a big mental and physical shift and it just starts to really go. Really go in the way that we played for another four hours after the first round was over. But it really does feel different. Decisions mean more. It's you're getting easier to get VP. People are scoring every round. So it really does change. So Tyler claims Bechtel. He gets his one VP. I just said Bechtel again. Tyler claims Mechtel. He gets his one VP. Then all hell breaks out with these guys. Scott ends up taking over. And I think Scott had maybe 10 to 15 ships, fighters, cargo, flags, PDSs, and his war star. Oh, no, no, no. War son was in there. Now, your war son is like your biggest, baddest ship you can have in the game. It is the Death Star. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the Death Star. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the Death Star. In Twilight Imperium 4, it looks like Hal's Moving Castle, but it's not so nice as Hal's Moving Castle. He's got all that in the center, and we start the political phase. So the political phase cards come up. Tyler is our speaker, and the choices are you can vote for a luck of the draw, a spin of the dice, literally. There is a 50-50 chance that Mechdel Rex will blow up and everything on it will be discarded and it will be an empty planet again and each system around it loses three ships that are on it or everybody gets two technology so I had one ship in that region Chad had none and Tyler had a few Stephen and Lincoln also had some ships in that region and then Scott was going to get screwed over. So Scott ends up buying Lincoln and Stevens votes so that they use all their influence to vote against it. Chad uses all of his influence to vote for it, which was like 16. I use all my influence to vote for it, which is 11. And Tyler is making the final decision against his two points ahead of four i've used all my influence chad has used all his influence so tyler he votes for it four has one mechdoll rex explodes everything on it goes back to scott's build pile and this has now stopped scott from winning the game the likelihood of him winning the game now is super low because he has to rebuild everything he has to get everything back out there it was awesome. It was probably my favorite part of the whole game. Now this whole time I've been slowly gaining VP 
and I completed both secret objectives. So I'm sitting in a pretty good spot. At this point, I did feel like I have no idea how I'm going to win this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm trying to come up with ways. I tweeted, I honestly don't know how I'm going to win this game. I feel like I'm so far behind, but I'm second place. Four hours in and only five rounds in. Then it hits me. Bitch, just do secret objectives. You can get 10 secret objectives done. No freaking problem. So I get another secret objective. I'm working towards it. I have to get four technology of the same color built. Easy. I already had three greens. I just had to build one more. So I built my final green. I'm like, oh yeah. I don't know what happens to let me find this out. But Steven says something along the lines of, no, you've already done your two secret objectives, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh excuse me and he's like you can only do two secret objectives and I'm like what are you freaking kidding me right now because I had just spent around trying to get this freaking secret objective done and then I find out it was useless so I was pretty upset and I felt screwed and I felt like there was no possible way I was gonna win this game so I was like, whatever, I'm just going to have fun with it. I'm going to try. Maybe I can still be Steven and Chad. Then I'm just sitting there. People are battling each other. I don't understand why you'd battle if you don't have to because all you're doing is risking your ships. People are enjoying it, but I'm like, okay, but you're risking something to do that, but maybe I'm just not getting this game. Somebody has to have a secret idea or know what the rest of these vp cards say we're now in the two point card round they must know what they say and they're working towards that and i'm here like i have no idea what could possibly come out of that deck the next card could be if you can fit your whole fist in your mouth you get a vp i have no idea what could possibly be in that deck i'm trying to figure it out i'm trying to understand i'm like i feel so confused at which point my future father-in-law text me to see how I'm doing. My future father-in-law loves playing games. He's very good at playing games. He and I have only played a handful of games together. So I think it would be very interesting to play a game like this with him because I feel like he would fall into that range of Elizabeth's not going to know what she's doing. She's too crazy. And I would end up winning. Although after last night, he might not. So I want to read this conversation to you guys. How are you holding up with Twilight? I'm doing okay. It's fun. It's just slow. I am bummed because I didn't know there was a limit to how many secret objectives I could get. And I had completed mine when I found out. This is his response. Yeah, but you have to pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Can be mentally draining after a marathon game. Just be focused on the key objective. Beat Chad. Beating Chad is not my key objective because I almost always beat Chad. You can ask Chad. He will back that up. We have no sympathy for each other when it comes to gaming. If I have to destroy Chad to win, I have to destroy Chad to win. I don't care. But I did love this mentality because my mentality in gaming is if I can beat Steven, I couldn't have possibly done that bad. I'm trying to pay attention to what everyone's doing and I'm trying to get my own VP and figure out what I'm doing in this game and I feel like I am finally starting to understand what I'm doing. I 
think I might be able to probably not win, but at least do okay. At least not make a complete asshole of myself in the first time I'm ever playing this. So Steven ends up with a trade card and I say, Steven, can you please give me commodities? And then we can trade. And he said, oh, we'll see. I might get a better deal. And I said, Steven, I said, please. And he goes, and that goes a really far way. But let's see what other deals I can get. He gave me my goods. He traded me one. I still had two I needed to trade. Scott has four in his pile. There's no way he's going to win. And there's a card out that says if you can get 10 trade goods, then you can have two VP. I've got five trade goods right now. And I've built technology, so I'm going to get two other VP that say two technology of each color, which I have because I spent so long building four green technology and then I had other random colors out, so it only took me one round to get two more to finish out my set. So I know that this round I'm going to get two VP on technology and if I can get Scott to trade me his four commodities for my two and my VP card, He'll get one VP, I'll get two VP because the next round I'll be able to get to 10 trade goods because I'll already have nine on my sheet. So I say, Scott, go through my deck of trade stuff. Anything you want from that, you can have it. So Scott takes the one VP. Everybody tells me, that was stupid. Why did you do that? Why did you give him a VP? That was dumb. I got four trade goods out of it. He thought I was just really eager for these trade goods. I knew that would put me at nine. So they start passing out the last round of special picky things. Now, guys, what did I say earlier? When you have one that didn't get picked last round, you get a trade good with it. So there are two in there. I'm the fourth person to pick my card. So... Both cards that have trade goods on them and the trade card would have to be picked before it got to me to stop me from winning. So I end up with a card with a trade good on it. The card I got was this number two card, which had only come out a handful of times during the game. I didn't know what it did. I exclusively picked it because it had a trade good on it. So everyone realizes I have 10 trade goods now. I know I have 10 trade goods now. It's between me and Steven. Steven's at 9 points. I'm at 8 points. One of us will win this game. First round, I stall because I'm trying to do all my activities after everybody else so no one can stop me. Steven then enters my territory. That's when I read the card I got. Like, well, I'm number two. What is this card? Y'all! This card made everybody put a token in my territory, my home territory, or whatever territory I picked. I picked my home territory, meaning they could not enter it and fight me. So the only person I had to defeat was Steven's airships. If I could defeat those, I would win. I should have played this the first round, but I didn't read it because I just picked it for the good. This was pure luck. The rest of the game was strategy. The rest of the game was working hard. This last round was pure luck. As long as I could get that 2VP, I knew I would win, but I almost lost my home planets, which would have meant I couldn't win. But with this card, everyone had to put a token in there. Nobody could try to defeat me. 
as long as Steven didn't get a point during the round, I was home free. He didn't have the eighth card. Lincoln had it. Now, there was a little bit of time where Lincoln thought he was going to be able to beat me, and I thought he might be able to beat me because of his secret objective. I later found out he was wrong in what time a secret objective would have occurred. It was a status card, so I still would have beaten him. But I was like, oh, no, people are fighting each other because what are they going to do? They can't fight me. We just have to finish out this round. We finish out the round. Nobody can beat me. Steven's home planet has been destroyed. I claim my 2VP, and I win my first ever game of Twilight Imperium. Would I add this to my shelf? The answer is probably not. I know enough people with it, Steven has it, and my future father-in-law has it, that there'd be no reason to add this to my shelf. The people I would play with are already in my life. Maybe if we move to a different state, we might buy it just to have it. We do have a copy of Twilight Imperium 3, which if you go to my Instagram, you can see me throwing those pieces in the air like confetti, which made Chad pretty annoyed. And he told me I had to clean it up and then I didn't and he did. So I feel like it was a win-win for me. I do not know how Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition would compare to Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. I heard 4th Edition makes things less convoluted and takes a lot less time. But I would probably give Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition a try if I didn't have access to 4th Edition or if there were more people. Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition does play up to 8 versus 4th only plays up to 6. Now... Adding those two extra people probably would have added to maybe two and a half hours. Which, when you're starting a game at 3.30 in the afternoon and already playing until almost 11 o'clock at night, is too much. But maybe if you're starting the game at like noon or 11, totally, totally worth it. But as of right now, I don't think this needs to be in my shelf. But... I do think it needs to be in your game group. So if nobody else owns it, borrow a copy, rent a copy. I don't know where you can rent a copy, but play it. It is a lot of fun. It is worth having it in your group. Find a group of six decisive people and play it with them. Now I specify decisive because this would be an indecisive person's nightmare. If somebody takes more than five minutes to decide to turn on five tribes then this game is probably not going to be for them or you're going to be playing it for roughly 37 hours straight overall i would love to play this game again preferably with the same group of guys i played with i would easily substitute paul or chris in for one of them overall though i really enjoyed it i really love winning so that's always nice and i really love winning when i don't expect to and i don't think other people expect me to From what I've heard, it's really hard to win Twilight Imperium your first time playing, so I felt really good about myself for doing that. Now, my meeple question for the week is, in that 32-minute video I had to watch, they said Twilight Imperium was the biggest, baddest game out there. I said, that's not true, it's Mega Civ. And also, like, Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition would probably be bigger and badder than Twilight Imperium 4th Edition since it does have a lot more rules and take a lot longer. 
What do you think is the biggest and baddest game out there? Or what is the biggest and baddest game you have played? I want to hear from you guys, like always. You can tweet me the answers at Tabletop Game Gal. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining me on this journey today. Sorry I was the only person for you. Have a great night. As always, you can rate and review us on iTunes if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't enjoy the show, then you just go on with your day and don't worry about the rating and reviewing process. Have a great night, y'all.